0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uplift My Life Today, the podcast. Stories connect us, inspire us, and give us hope. Everyone has a story. We believe that stories of real people who have suffered adversities, breakups, and breakdowns and rebuild their lives are powerful reminders of what the human spirit is capable of. Whether you're just starting, or in the midst of your own journey to rebuild your life, or supporting someone going through their challenges, stories show us what's possible. This is The Honest Hour.
1: My name is Astuti Marto Sudirjo. And I'm Julie Growell. Together, we are holding the space for brave life warriors to share their journeys, their reflections and learnings. They show us that no matter where you are in life, however dark that place is, there is the option to rise up, that it's doable and worthwhile if we choose to. They show us another way, living your life with more ease is possible. Now, our guest today is Tatiana Radovanovich Kushler, who is the founder of Soul Whisperer and co founder of Soul Mystics. She has successfully practiced and taught hypnosis and past life regression for 20 years. Tat- Tatiana has oriented her practice toward connecting with departed loved ones and guiding people on their life journeys as a spiritual medium after losing her eldest son in 2017 in a tragic accident. Today, her life's purpose is to help with the grieving process and raise consciousness that life is continuous by teaching mediumship so that everyone can connect with the spirit world. Welcome, Tatiana.
2: Thank you.
0: Lovely to have you here, and thank you for making the time to speak with us.
2: Thank you for inviting me over and and having me and letting me share my story.
1: Yeah, our pleasure. So, oh uh, yeah, let's start off with you know this um, the the tragic uh, mm-hmm. the story of of you losing your son in 2017. Um, yeah, I'm very sorry about that. It must have been a, you know, very you know very difficult situation. Can you share a little bit more with us about? about that and and yeah how what happened and how it was for you yeah so in
2: 2017 in September my son um took the motorcycle to go on his um I'd say I would call it the last trip before serious life starts and he left for the airport I heard him leaving and um Got up then, you know, I mean, he left and, and I got up then and went to um, have my breakfast, coffee and opened the newspaper and read in there that a young man, his age um, has passed that morning at the airport. And um, I was hoping it was not him. So in my mind, I went through and I thought, like, I hope it's not enough. I hope I texted him a million mm-hmm. times, um, called the police um to verify that it's not him. There was a picture of the motorcycle. Um, his body was covered up, obviously. Mm. And they were very vague. They didn't say who it was, obviously on the phone. And um he he sold that week his motorcycle yeah. and left with his dad's motorcycle, right? And his dad's motorcycle was bright yellow. So there were maybe five of them in whole <laughs> in the whole mm. village or or city where we live. And um, I didn't see this in the beginning in that picture of that article, but when I saw it, it was clear it was him. Mm -hmm. So then I just waited for the confirmation that it really was him. And it took several hours until the police came to my door and confirmed, but it was a very slow and gradual acceptance that um, in the end it was him. And um, yes, it's very tragic. I mean, you know, as, as you can imagine, um, you know, losing somebody as brutally as this without mm. being able to say goodbye is is obviously very, very um, destabilizing um, in, in many ways. And um, my husband and uh, my two other children were not at home. My mm. husband was in the U.S. My daughter was in China. And um, my other son was at the airport, but luckily he didn't see the accident. So he came oh home God. much later. And I had to calculate and find out who was where and whatever. So in those first moments, um, there's obviously the big shock and then comes, um, yeah, you have to inform everyone, you have to, to you know, grasp all those, um, you know, important decisions that you have to make. So we had to Um, you know, organize the flight for my husband, for my daughter to come back as fast as possible. Uh, You know, how do you announce something like Mm. this um, to somebody else? To me, it was as as shocking as some people might think it is to learn about uh, somebody's passing in the newspaper. Um, I didn't know exactly at that moment that it was my, my son. So it was a gradual experience of, mm. of acceptance that it was him and um for me it was right for me it felt right this way um I don't know how how it, it would have been if if they would have just rang my door and said mm. you know yeah. hello and this is what happened obviously with all the the gentle words as, as gentle as you can say this but um yes it, it is or it was very tragic and um uh, you know, 2017, it's, it's not that long ago. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. still very recent. And um, yeah, in those, in, in that time, it is to come to accept that he is not here anymore, that things are not, uh, even within our family, that they're not the same as they were before. And it mm-hmm. will never go back to that. The acceptance that um, there is a new me, if I'm just talking about myself, um, there is the one before is not there, mm-hmm. and and so you you're rebuilding yourself, your whole um, your whole being, um, yeah, w- without that person. But then again, with him every day at at my side, so it's very strange. I don't know <laughs> how to how to word it so that um, somebody else can can understand it. Um, how that, how that feels, or how that would be yeah. like? Yeah, I,
0: I I can relate to this, Tatiana, in a way that I never lost a child, but I lost my father very suddenly. So I was about to see him, and all of a sudden, the next time I saw him an hour later, he's passed away already. I understand what you're saying that you become a different person, you have a different role in the construction of life that it was before, uh, because of the f- one person physically missing from, from the, the ecosystem, if you, if you would. And I, I, I understand this uh, change of um, role, even <laughs> change of there is a who you were a few minutes before this happened disappeared and what it was feeling for me. And I don't, I wonder if this was the case with you. I even went to this, confusion that I put a sentence like I don't know how to live now and it's not because I don't I want to die it's because life is so fundamentally different and I think that's what you you probably shared just now is it
2: yes yes of course I mean life changes as much as it changes if you uh you know invite a new person into your life so if you um, have a child uh, right. and and you know give birth or or adopt a child it changes your whole life your life changes also if you get married and mm-hmm. or you know you have a new partner it also changes but in the same way it changes when you lose somebody mm-hmm. because the whole yes the whole um i don't know how you call the, the this
1: dynamic but, the dynamic is different exactly it, yeah. the
2: dynamic is different and yeah. Um, you miss that person. And at the same time, you miss the old you. Mm -hmm. So the the grieving is not just, uh, maybe this sounds a bit brutal to many people, but it's not just about losing that person, but it's also Mm -hmm. losing that life that you had before, that maybe mundane, you know, everyday life that you had all of a sudden is not that anymore. Mm -hmm. And you also grieve because you change The others change as well in the family. So, uh, you know, my husband changed, my kids Mm -hmm. changed. So everything changes. And even people and the relationship with with me, if I just talked about myself and other people. So everything changes. Mm -hmm. And I believe that grieving is not just uh, about losing the person, but losing, maybe it's not quite right if I say it like this, but losing oneself in this whole story. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you lose and obviously, you know, all the the expectations and the dreams and the you know hopes that that were attached to to this person or to this, yeah, what what could have been, right? Is is all gone and that that you need to come to terms with that and uh yeah, you know, start start afresh or you know, start differently somehow.
2: Exactly. And I, I believe it's it's for, for, for a lot of people, you know, I mean, as I said, you know, 2017 until now, it's actually very short. Um, and I cannot say that I'm not grieving anymore or the grieving process is over. It's never going to be over because there's Mm -hmm. always moments when you feel, or when I feel, um, you know, extremely sad or something, um, reminds me of him or reminds me of that time of before. Um, so there it's like waves, you know, in the beginning, it's like a big uh, storm and, you know, you cry, you know, every second of the day. And then, you know, those spaces in between where life gets normal in a way, uh, you know, it it becomes a bit longer, but it's still there. And, um, I hope to make people understand, you know, if they say, oh, uh, you know, it's a grieving process and the process has a beginning and an end. Um but this doesn't have an end. It, mm-hmm. it is always there. You just learn, if I say just, it's it's not mm-hmm. to minimize it, but you learn how to live with it. and you learn how to make this this h- horrible experience. I mean, this is how mm-hmm. how it feels, you know um, a part of your being. And I find the interesting thing, I mean I lost like you as um, my parents, um, my mother died several years before my son. And uh, my dad just a couple of years later. Um, and to me, but that's my personal experience and, and everybody is different, the relationship that you have with your loved ones um, can shape the intensity of the grief mm-hmm. and how close they were to you, yeah. how yeah. much you have um, how much you were able to say to them before they passed, um, if there was anything open open questions, you know, how, um, you know, things that were not resolved while they were alive, this will all shape the grieving. And to me, to add a notch to it, if it's the children that die, although my son was an adult, uh, he just finished his studies as a lawyer. um, as I put this, losing a child is not in a logical order yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. And this is what makes it maybe even harder than losing a parent. And different. I'm not saying that losing a parent is not hard. I'm just saying it's just different. But then again, it all depends of the relationship and the closeness you had with, with that loved one.
0: Yeah. I, I relate to you very much, Tatiana. I I learned so much from the passing of my father in the way I connected to my mother until she passed away.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I learned this. Thankfully, I didn't have a lot of question mark or anything unsaid to my father, but I took the time be- between the two of them passed over five years. I really, really healed my relationship with my mother because I would love to be able to be much more at peace with my mother because she has much more emotional connection to me. Um, so I understand this and and you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right about the intensity of the grief um, and how we grieve and what comes up in the grief is very much connected to how we relate to them when they were alive. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How did you manage it all? Let me just say, because you are the mother, so you obviously naturally caring for your other two children going through this huge uh loss also for losing a brother being there for your husband and you how do you because mother usually takes care and nurture everybody so would you mind sharing how that was for you yes um
2: it it, it was very strange i mean i i knew about grieving um you know as a therapist i knew about grieving yeah. i knew about how You know the process, and and maybe all of you are aware of, you know the five stages by Kubler Ross of of grieving, and and you know, and even when my mom died, it yes, it was extremely sad that she left, but I accepted it. It was Mm -hmm. easier to to accept um, than the passing of my son, and um, because with my mom's passing, I was in a way, alone in our family. Well, not alone. I mean, they all missed her, but I had a closer relationship with her. Maybe that's not true. Maybe my daughter would would second that. But, you know, everyone is different yeah. and, and grieves in a different way. And here I was, uh, we were all grieving, let's say, equally in a way, but all at different stages. And it was, for me, extremely important to let um, everyone when they were angry, being angry when I wasn't angry, and everyone was maybe feeling better at some point, and I felt very low or the other way around. Mm -hmm. And it's just to accept that everybody goes through that stage, uh, or through through different stages repetitively. I mean, it's not just one stage, and then you're over it. And then you, you know, life could, you know, kind of like, it's not in in a linear way but to let everyone experience it in their own in their own way and still experience it in their own way. So we will still have days where we feel absolutely drained and we we don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it could be just life in general, but also that part coming on top of it that reminds us that, you know, well, he's not here anymore and we're still grieving. And looking at them, um Yes, it, it, it felt sometimes like, you know, I'm all alone and at the same time giving them the space where mm. they needed to cry and 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 needed to express in their own way how they, they were grieving. For me, it was a bit difficult as a therapist not coming in and, and doing the therapy. Yeah, the therapy, yes. And uh, but, I, you know, you recognize even as a therapist, you can't because you're you're mm in it yourself yeah so yes it it was it it wasn't easy i have to admit Mm. but i mean none none of this is easy for anyone um Mm. who who experiences something like this
1: yeah 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 and and what was it that sort of you know helped you to sort of come to terms with with it yeah you know if if there was any one particular thing yeah
2: so I've always had a connection with um, uh, with the spirit world, if if you want to call it like this, mm. and um, never really talked about it. Uh, very few people knew about it, but uh, it wasn't something that I knew how to turn on or off. And in therapy sessions, I would um, use that. So if, if let's say Astuti would come to see me, and then all of a sudden her father would be mm. there, I would you know, ask her questions about it, but not say, oh, I have your father here. Mm. And he says, so." and so um, just lead the therapy session. And in this way, very successfully, because I had information that helped me shape this therapy Mm. session. And when my son passed, um, I heard him and we had signs of him and and it was really wonderful in a way, but this was the first time I started doubting Mm -hmm. that this was real. I thought, no, this is wishful thinking. This is what, are you, what you want, Tatiana. You know, this is what uh, what is logical in a way, you know. And so I went on to read books and, um, you know, afterlife apparitions and, and mediumship and all that. And through coincidences um, that are not coincidences, I believe, <laughs> I was led probably by my son, uh, not probably, but uh, very surely by my son, <laughs> <laughs> to go um, and sign up with the Arthur Findlay College where they yeah. teach mediums, right? Yeah. And um, when I signed up, um it was a class, let's say, you know, that would have happened within six months. And I'm very impulsive and do things like, you know, like this. Signed up with it. And when the time came to go to Arthur Findlay, I thought, like, what, what am I going to do there? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, come on, Tatiana, you know, what, what do you expect, you know? And I was looking for something, uh, but but I couldn't really say to myself what it was. Of course, I wanted to hear from him. I looked up mediums, but the, what are they going to tell me that he loves me? And it's like, of course you want to hear that, but you don't want to hear it like this. You want to have some proof, something that you know confirms it. And so, anyway, so I went to Arthur Findlay, and um, um, they have like those demonstrations, you know, when they um speak to the spirit world and there is i don't know a hundred people sitting in this audience and waiting for their loved ones to come through and there is only mm-hmm. four mediums up there so you might have only four loved ones coming through and everybody's hoping it's their loved one coming through and um obviously i was one of them hoping and my son came through mm-hmm. and this was so extremely healing for me that from that moment onward i said, um, well, if I have this ability, if, if I was able to do this previously in therapy sessions, but hidden, then I shall do this from this point onward very mm. seriously and learn about it and learn how to connect for other people so that they can have that same healing. Previous to that, I always thought mediumship was for entertainment, you know, mm. to prove that there is something. Uh, but now I look at it very, very differently. It, it is extremely healing. And, um, yeah, so I was led to it. And this really helped me. And not only me, it also helped um, my family members Mm -hmm. because um, I could say, oh, you know, he came through and he said, you know, X, Y, Z. And um, to many other people, when when loved ones come through, it it gives something. I mean, obviously, it doesn't take away the grief because it, it just doesn't. But it gives that comfort that they're here, that they're always beside us, that they that they love us. Obviously, I mean, even though I was yeah. afraid of that, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of like normal thing that I knew that he loved me. But yes, they love us and they're here. So that helped me tremendously. Um, and I cannot say that it will help everyone, but to me, that was like the key to to healing.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I I just want to share. I relate so much to this somehow. And Julie was kind of part of this process many, many years ago. After my father died, I remember not long after that, I, I said to myself, I have to learn to connect to his energy. I really feel like I want to do that. And I went into a retreat and Julie was there. And we stayed uh, for three days, four days, I can't remember, and was taught some different methods to do it. And I was really, and I remember crying in this in this uh, retreat when I asked, why are you here? And I said, I want to connect with my father. He just passed away. And um, and then it came through for me through writing, the channel writing. And, oh, my God, the kind of relief, I don't, I didn't stop grieving for him but I felt so much more stable because deep down I know that we are energy doesn't go anywhere. I mean, it's there, but I didn't really know how to communicate with him. And um, it was I understand this feeling, and it was so healing because the kind of messages coming from come from him is really take care first of yourself. Because I was trying to take care of my mother who was grieving, and and he keep on saying like. I see you're trying to take care of your mother, but you also need to take care of you. Don't worry about what people say, you know, you're not caring enough or whatever. And that was such a healing uh, feeling. And uh, I share this with my siblings and I think it touched them also. And also certainly with my mother, I think there was a relief in the family. Like he's here, but he's not physically here. And, and, and we, it helped us to go through the grief for sure. Yes. And I didn't know this was called mediumship by the way. <laughs> at the time it was it was not at all something that I'm familiar with. I just wanted to connect with my father. That was that was my main uh, response to the situation basically. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, you know, you know, and just maybe being a devil's advocate here or but what about, I mean, do you need to be a believer in, in, um, you know, spirits in the other world or whatever, or yeah, you know, what, what about the, you know, because I'm sure there are also, you know, a lot of people who will sort of say, well, you're channeling what you want to, what you want to hear, you know, through your writing or whatever it is, mm-hmm. Um how do you know for sure it's it's this person and not just you yeah uh, channeling what it is you want to know
2: i agree so um as 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 a medium like we we usually say to connect to your own loved ones is is uh, not as easy as connecting to um you know other people's loved ones and um To some it's called evidential mediumship, so you bring evidence forward that only, um, you know, in, in this example, you know, let's say Astuti and her father would know, and you know, you describe the person, some people say, well, we're reading, as a medium, we're reading in the energy field of the person. Uh, And yes, this can happen. So if let's say Astuti would really, really want to hear from her dad, I could read that in her energy field and everything she knows about him. That's Mm. a possibility. So yes, you're right. If you want to be the devil's advocate, Mm. that could be a possibility. But if you go and study seriously mediumship, then you learn how to connect to a person and also to the spirit world and bring evidence that not even Astuti would know. So it would only Mm -hmm. be her father. And there is, it's obviously not in every reading, but in some Mm -hmm. readings, you bring forward information that only the father knew. So he would say, Mm -hmm. go look in this book, you know, and you will find so-and-so. And And, uh, the people go, I don't know that we have that Mm -hmm. book. And then they go and find it Mm -hmm. and look in there and find something um, that is evidential and true. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a way of proving it. Believing or not believing, well, that's that's really a hard one. And this is where scientists maybe rub their heads and don't know exactly how <laughs> mm-hmm. to take or, or how to take it. Um, the thing is that if, if you come to see me in the session and you're completely closed off and you try to test me, um, then I will obviously also be affected in the mediumship and, and I can connect, but it, it might be a bit harder and I have mm-hmm. to really, really work for it. So it's best to keep an open mind Mm -hmm. Um, in, in certain ways you can be so, or some people can be so hard on the information that is given. So if let's say, I say, uh, you know, that person was, um, uh, was a man and a close family member, and then it was an uncle and you consider an uncle, not a close family member. Mm -hmm. uh, Then they say, well, no, she was off. So it depends how, because Mm -hmm. we're all humans, mediums are humans, and we have our experiences, and we, you know, translate sometimes all this information in a a different way that is not 100% Mm -hmm. right. And one of my teachers says, if you're 100% right as a medium, then there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you have looked it up somewhere, then there is something fishy about it. So Um, a good medium gets 75 to 80 percent of their readings right Mm -hmm. Um, and everything that is above apparently. Uh, I mean, I'd love to be 100 percent right, but uh, (laughs) it's it's something very, you know, you can hardly achieve Mm -hmm. because we're humans and because we don't know everything. But also um, the sitter, the person that is um, the client in a reading, Mm -hmm. they sometimes forget too. Mm-hmm. you know figure that somebody read for for my son and um well for me but you know have my son and she said oh there is a white dog and I'm like well, we never had a white dog and left it off at that and then came home and there is a picture with my son and a white dog that we had for <laughs> maybe two or three months and mm-hmm. uh, so you see this is like mm-hmm. evidential mediumship where you walk away and you go like no that's completely wrong Mm. and in the end you you find out no actually it's true and i forgot it and mm-hmm. you know i had to call back the medium and say look you were right there was a white
0: log <laughs> mm. amazing yeah so if i this if i to summarize how the your the experience of facing the the grief and the loss of your son has actually brought you <clears throat> excuse me brought you into this Path, actually, path of one is mediumship and one is helping people to grieve, which are two different things, but in a way, is connected. Is that right, uh, Tatiana?
2: Exactly. Yes, this is this is one hundred percent right, and I have to um, maybe not every day, but very often I'm thinking about it, and mm-hmm. and because I absolutely did not want to go that path, right? Really, absolutely not. Okay. Um, even though I had um, when I was teaching, or when I was, um, you know, teaching hypnosis or past life regression therapy, and I would receive information from the spirit world, and my students would go like, "But how did you know that?" And I would just say, "Oh, it was just intuition," or I would just brush it off as, <laughs> yeah. as something, and they were like scratching their heads, like, hmm, "But this is really strange." I just didn't want to. I just thought, no, I have to stay, stay a little bit scientific if you can call <laughs> it scientific <laughs> mm-hmm. uh not go off into too much of this woo woo stuff and um yeah i absolutely didn't want to and my son my son's death brought me onto that path of mediumship and allowed me to yeah to discover the healing part of it mm-hmm. i would have never i believe gone that path even though um there were several you know, those posts where he goes like, you know, go this way. Yeah. Um, Well, I didn't want to, I just refused. I really refused. And this led me to it in such a big way. It was almost like a big bang. Mm. And uh, today I have to say um, it, it makes my heart jump when I can do a mediumship reading for somebody. And when a loved one comes through and I can bring him that, um, I can bring them the proof that they're here mm. and that they still very much love them and uh, that life doesn't end with our physical existence.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: that to me is, um, it's an honor. It's its also being of service to, to the spirit world, but also to the people here. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's hard to explain But if you've ever seen, you know, the the nuns or, um, you know, very religious people like speaking about like enlightenment or something like this, to me, this is how it feels. We become, if I say we, a lot of mediums who do this really um, with, with their whole heart it 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 feels like enlightenment it feels mm-hmm. like ecstatic you know it's like you're there and you get addicted to it um <laughs> mm-hmm. because you want to to also connect because you feel good by connecting with them mm-hmm. and also bringing those messages forward so that's the best i can i can answer that but yes absolutely brought me on that path and i'm i'm grateful you know that was that i was led to it maybe forced
0: to yeah <laughs> that path yes, i wouldn't yes. have gone uh, that that way. Yeah. I think that you said it said beautifully forced. It's almost like a f- being forced to, to go there, which a, a, a very strong kick in the butt <laughs> by the universe and your son. Come on now. Go this way. But you also but you also mentioned briefly that this is something that you kind of able do you have been able to do as in, in terms of connecting to the spirit since you were very young
2: yeah yes the first time I um, I would say as a child I would have you know those imaginary friends like you mm. know children sometimes talk about but the very first um, I'd say verifiable apparition I had was my grandfather who appeared at the end of my bed and uh, he didn't say anything he just appeared and I woke up and he was just waving goodbye and left. And although there was nothing said, you know, verbally, verbally, Mm. um, I knew that he died and um, there was no indication that he was ill or something. I didn't know anything about what was going on. And I didn't know in the morning if I should tell my mom or not, or uh, it was just very strange. And Mm. I thought I'm not going to do anything because, yeah, because it doesn't feel right. And later that day, my mom went to work and we received a telegram that my my grandfather died mm. um, that um, that night. And um, yeah, that was the first the first encounter I had with the spirit world. And, and how old were you at the at the time? Um, I was nine, nine years old, mm. about nine years old. Yeah. Mm. And it didn't scare me or it wasn't, mm. you know, it wasn't something like, oh, no, you know, Um <laughs> nothing like that it was just <laughs> like it was normal I don't know how to explain it it was absolutely normal and um I had a few few more uh, experiences that are not really the encounter with the spirit world but um in 1998 we lived um in the U.S. and we decided to move from the U.S. to um to Geneva and because we owned the house there, we had to sell it first. And uh, my husband would have started work beginning of September. And we thought it would be more practical to have my oldest son um, start school, first grade, uh, with all the other students and not drop in in the mm-hmm. middle of, of the year. So um, before they left, so we organized everything and um I, I knew that there was something going to happen with an airplane. Mm-hmm. I cannot explain how, but it was just like I knew something was going to happen. And when my husband said, "Okay, so they booked a flight with I can't remember which company. I don't want to say, you know. But anyway, with a company." Um I said, "No, you're not going to take that one. It has to be Swiss Air." At that mm-hmm. time it was Swiss Air, right? Mm-hmm. And um uh, his company was like are you crazy? This is like the most expensive. expensive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But in my mind, so I went into my mind and I thought this is the safest company on earth that never, ever had a crash until then. Mm -hmm. And, um, so the, you know, my husband's company said, no, no way, you know, this is too expensive. And I just said, well, if you, you know, if this is not possible, then, you know they will not go, mm-hmm. and they will either walk, swim <laughs> by boat, by train, I don't care how, but not you know, flying. Here, yes. This is the only one. So, anyway, so we managed to to get a flight with Swiss Air, or they managed to, and when they left, I cried and cried and cried. And my husband already knew this is all very strange. She insists on mm-hmm. Swiss Air, she's crying. Mm-hmm. Where he left, like, I don't know, maybe out of a month he was away for two or three weeks. Uh, you know, flying off to different places. I never shed a tear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was extremely strange. Um, so they left and um, um, at the time, Titanic came out um, the movie on DVD. Oh, DVD, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I just got the DVD, although I saw it in the cinema, but, you know, so I popped the DVD in or the cassette, I can't remember. And, um, you know, at the end when, They're in the very cold water, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mm -hmm. and freezing and whatever. I'm thinking like, oh, I wonder how cold it is now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, movie ends. I turn it off and there was this announcement, Swiss Air, 111 crashed. Swiss Air. uh, Swiss Air, yes, in Halifax. Now, We agreed with my husband when he arrives because this was the time when mobile phones were just coming Mm -hmm. out. Not Mm -hmm. everyone had one. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a phone to call uh, or, of course, he could have. But we just agreed, Okay, when you go to work on Monday, you call me and just confirm that you arrived and everything is safe. And so I lost track of time. I didn't know anymore which flight, if it was that one or not that one. But in any case, so it was the Swissair 111 flight that they were on, or I thought they were on. Mm -hmm. And um, so I convinced myself to go to bed, um, (laughs) fell asleep. And I thought before I fell asleep, I thought, okay, so if they call me at three o'clock in the morning, uh, it would be six o'clock, nine o'clock, sorry, at three o'clock in the morning, it would be, nine o'clock in the morning in Europe, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Geneva. Geneva. Mm -hmm. And um, so they called me at three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And uh, my husband said, Oh, hi, honey, I'm fine. You know, I, you know, everything is okay. And I asked him, are you sure? Where are you calling from?
0: (laughs) Heaven or earth?
2: Exactly, and my husband was knew what I meant, and he's yeah. like, "No, no, no, I, I assure you, I'm alive." Okay. And I'm like, "But look down your feet, pinch, <laughs> ask the people around you if they can see you." Can so it was you. a funny moment, but I was extremely serious about yes. it. And um, yeah, so um, it, it was just just their suitcases that were on that flight that crashed, mm-hmm. so they didn't have anything to wear. I had to go shop for clothes. I mean, a small loss compared to the people who lost. Um, you know, their loved ones on that mm-hmm. flight. And to me, that was a huge learning experience um, in a sense of um, even for now as mediumship, you know, how we can influence certain things, but in, in a very subtle way. So I knew something was going to happen mm-hmm. uh, and I almost led them to that um company that mm. plane that crashed i mean it was only 24 hours uh, difference. difference it was exactly that same airplane with which they left uh, from new york to to geneva so they'd taken the same plane but a day earlier exactly wow. 24 hours earlier my god okay. yeah so you know it, it was confirmed that you know something would happen and i have mm-hmm. chosen by using logic the wrong company would have mm. i stayed with whatever they booked you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell you the story that their luggage <laughs> was on that flight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it was a very important learning for me, uh, knowing that okay, it didn't have to happen that time, um, luckily. Um, but but yes, I mean we can be connected with the spirit world. We can be connected with everything that is around us, uh, and to a certain extent we can avoid it. But sometimes we shouldn't interfere too much with it if you know these things um mm. could happen yeah
0: this is quite quite amazing story Tatiana it's it's almost like the universe has been knocking on your door a couple of times and it takes quite a big bang
2: <laughs> to <laughs> exactly to actually to be very honest that was uh be- before that airplane crash um there were i mean i can tell you many stories of um um of incidences where i was just led to something that was so improbable and, and impossible um we had um yeah but but up to that point i was just like yeah you know mm. Let, let, you know, it's it's okay to, to know about these things or it's fine, but I didn't believe in myself 100%. Mm-hmm. But that one with the airplane was quite shocking mm-hmm. um, to myself and also to my husband. I mean, he knew when I said, and even now when I say we have to do X, Y, Z, and he's like, why? <laughs> and I don't give an explanation of why, because often I don't know why. Then he knows we better do what she says because mm-hmm. there is some some reason she can't explain. If she can't explain it, then there is something. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and yeah. after that experience, did anything did anything change for you? That that first experience with the plane did, did anything change for you?
2: I mean, um, the perceptions or or everything that I I tried to suppress up until that point mm. um, became stronger. Mm -hmm. I became more aware I had um, with that uh, airplane crash. I had uh, an out of body experience. So I did um, what they called astral traveling Mm -hmm. and I had no clue. I did that. I had no clue. (laughs) I could do this or I was doing it. Uh, It was a friend who mentioned it to me a a few years later, Um, but I saw myself in bed. Um, I believe it was because it was a stressful experience. Mm -hmm. I was I was in shock, like seeing that I nearly let them to that plane crash and not knowing if they survived because I couldn't call them, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I saw myself lying in bed and I thought, um, oh, shoot, I'm dead Mm -hmm. Um, because this is what I read. This is how death looks like. You see yourself. And I thought, oh, um, it actually feels feels really great, but (laughs) it's maybe not the moment because I have two little kids sleeping in the other rooms and nobody here that would know that I'm I died I died at that moment Mm. and I smacked back into my body and from that point onward um I would do a lot of out of body um I would I would astral travel a lot Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't know I was doing that if that makes sense yeah yeah I, I didn't know what it was and I would often go uh, after that experience, checking on my children. Mm. Um, and then a friend of mine, we were on the phone and and she said, Oh, you, what you do is astral traveling. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't know what that is, but fine. Good. And then she would go like, Oh, so, okay. So try it now. It's like, what do I wear now? How do I look now? And it's like, you know, you're sitting in the kitchen, you wear a green shirt and you have your hair is wet because you just washed it. And I don't know, you have a cup of coffee or something like this. And everything was right. And I thought, yeah, but everybody can do that. It's not, <laughs> it's nothing special, you know? And she would be like, okay, so now tell me so and so and so and so. And it felt so mundane. It's like, yeah, I mean, it didn't feel different. But mm-hmm. from that point onward, you're right. From that airplane crash, things like this would would um, would develop really fast. And this is when I went into hypnotherapy and, mm. and past life regression therapy, because I thought, how can I put this to use mm. in mm. in a therapeutic way, not in a
0: woo-woo way.
2: <laughs> exactly. You know, how can <laughs> I help? How can I put this in yes. service mm. for people and not just, you know, like, I don't know. Um... Yeah,
0: Yeah. So, what speaks to me the most from this conversation, Tatiana, is And I didn't think until now the importance of mediumship in my grieving process. Because in both instances, I actually was connecting to the spirit of my parents. The first time was new experience. And the second time when my mom passed away, it's just normal because I get used to it. And I actually don't know how I would be without that. How would I process my grief? Without this um, process of connecting to the, the to the soul to the spirit of my my loved ones that have passed, so it was really interesting because in my mind this is normal because both times that I experienced this, I always connect to the spirit. But yeah, it just makes me think now. So, would you? So, for example, if you were to reflect a little bit uh, about your Griefing, healing healing from grieving and i completely agree with you you don't stop you just learn to 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 live with it and it gets easier every day sometimes not but most times it's with time and healing it's it's actually getting easier if you were to uh, share your your reflection about healing from griefing to the people that uh losing their loved ones um that's one. And the other one would be the people who are supporting people who is just losing your loved one. So in your case, your friends probably who is supporting you going through the grief of losing your, your son. What would you say to them?
2: Um, I can say what helped me the most. And, and I, I really have to also point out up until I lost my son, you know you have those preconceived ideas what could help you don't know what to mm. say you don't know how to handle things you don't know because you didn't experience it mm-hmm. so now having sat on this extreme line of of really being having lost anything um the support basically what what helped me the most is people who were even if they didn't say like my condolences or mm-hmm. all that in in the end that you don't even hear that right mm. But what what was is people who took into their hands, you know, who brought me in the first instances after I lost my son, who just brought food and said, Mm -hmm. look here, I have some beans and some rice, you know, uh, for you to eat. I didn't feel hungry, but it was a gesture that helped a lot. It took things Mm -hmm. off my mind Mm -hmm. of needing to make something because somebody in our family could be hungry. Yeah. Um, You know, taking things into, not asking, oh, please tell me. Um, you know, if you need something, call me. When you're grieving, you don't know. You don't know what you need. You don't know where to go. You don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's almost like a little kid. You, you just don't know. So it's like, okay, so if you as a person see somebody who lost some, you know, a, a very dear person, go there and take into your hands like, okay, so maybe organizing the, um, the funeral, um, taking bills, you know, are the bills mm-hmm. paid? Come on, I will help you to organize that, not paying the bills for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, taking things into, into, into hands to take that burden. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want that normal everyday burden off their shoulders is what helped me the most. Mm-hmm. And in the long process is it's um, to, to be there and, most people when when you lose somebody they're there when the person dies and once that funeral is over everybody just disappears Mm -hmm. and nobody's there anymore everybody Mm -hmm. just leaves and although that is nice to have that time for oneself it would also be nice you know to check in a month or so later Mm -hmm. um you know just to ask how are you doing now you know and, and not just asking you know passing by you know inviting them for coffee or for dinner or something like this. Mm -hmm. I believe that's very important. And the other thing that I think is extremely important is not avoiding mentioning the the person who passed. Uh, Often people just um, are afraid that, you know, you will bring back, you know, the bad memory of losing somebody where this is so important. I cannot stress this enough. The more you speak about that person that has passed, um, the better, you know, I don't know how to formulate it, but you, you, as a grieving person, they're still there and, and you can still talk about them and you can still talk even about loss and about how, um, what a good person it was, or if, even if they were not so good, but whatever it is, but, yeah. you know, talk about them. Um, this is super important. Don't avoid uh, conversations. Um, about their loved ones not just how are you feeling today but oh do you remember how you know he knocked over I don't know a cup of coffee and we still have the stain here or you know something like this because that's yeah that's that's very very important and with our family
1: life isn't it or acknowledging you know they they were here they they that's rather than pretending the person didn't exist.
2: Exactly. And in our family, um, they were avoiding in the beginning speaking about, um, you know, their brother or my son. And um, I would just sometimes go like, oh, do you remember, you know, when he did this and this? Oh, I just thought about so-and-so. And it, it obviously brings up emotions of, you know, how you remember, but the more you do it, the more it, it mm-hmm. becomes part of your life. So this was before this is now, but this is still a memory that is still alive. And I believe in mediumship, it's the same. We talk about what they were like when they were mm-hmm. alive. And this is what brings them alive for that very short moment. And you forget, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you go through your life and you forget certain things and um, maybe we always think only about the negative part. Mm. But I think it's also important to think about all the, the good stuff. You know, there were happy times, mm. for sure. It's not always, you know, black and dark and <laughs> sad. Mm. So, yeah. So I think this is the most important part, mm. talking about them as often as you can.
0: Yeah. You mentioned something that your son is still with you every day Is earlier. So how does he interact with you these days?
2: I mean if if I think of him um just before starting this this interview you know i said oh, you know you you, you know, come you'll in. be here right yes exactly come in <laughs> and i mean it's it's in a way it's silly because i know he's here i don't yes. have to you know invite him in or anything um when i teach mediumship for example he will be here for the others and mm-hmm. and help them to to get information and um you know, with his personality, the way he, how he was, he also brings in people who, um, who, who lost somebody like, so basically he brings them to my website or in, Mm in a, in a very Mm -hmm. odd way way, he brings them (laughs) to me. He's the advocate (laughs) on the other side. And what is very interesting also, um, so between mediums, we have like our, uh, specialties. So I'm, in a way specialized, uh, for mothers who lost their children. Mm. So it, there's kind of like, a, a networking going up in the spirit <laughs> world. It's like, oh, you know, she lost somebody. So she might have that understanding mm. of how to go about and how to talk about it. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so he's here to help me with, with, uh, with this. And obviously just the relationship that, um, I assume anyone has that I know and anyone has with a loved one, you know, when you go like, Oh, I wish you would be here to see Mm so-and-so or, um, or I, what would you say if, you know, you know, let's say, you know, you want to move or you want to, to sell a house or buy a house. Like I'm in the process of doing right now, you know, where would you move? You know, do you think Mm -hmm. this would be okay? Or can you lead me to that place that is, is good or, or is meant to be? So this is how he's involved in mm. in my daily life. and but there is okay. also moments when he's not not here and that's mm-hmm. okay too because he's probably also busy
1: processing something. something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's lovely that you're in you know, that you have that connection and are able to continue yeah, that in the, in the spirit world, yeah.
2: It's yes. definitely different than when he was here. And this <laughs> yes. is maybe also for the people who listen or to what, who watch. Um, yeah. You have to come to the acceptance that it's, you know, we, we speak here w- verbally. We, you know, we learned how, how this works, right. From very little on. And it's just accepting that the relationship continues, but in a different way mm-hmm. and to trust whatever you receive or hear uh, or perceive is from your loved one don't do it like me and doubt <laughs> <laughs> that your loved one is here and that they 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 really communicate with you mm. it's not always i'm not excluding that it might be wishful thinking but it's not always wishful thinking it is more than often they're here and they kind of like whisper or put thoughts into our mm. minds
0: mm. thank you tatiana this is such a beautiful reflection out of something quite, not quite, very heavy. <laughs> very heavy. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. Losing uh, the generation after you is very different than losing the generation before you. And and I, this is, for me, is, is, is very clear. So I suppose uh, I would just like to mention to everyone listening that Tatiana is uh, helping. Uh, people through mediumship uh, sessions and also trainings I think you're also teaching Mm -hmm. people to do this so we will provide that information in the the link uh, under this so people can check you check your website out or otherwise you can mention how you work briefly Um, these days uh, more online so Mm -hmm. I
2: do I um, practice sessions in English French and German um by zoom uh, is the easiest way to connect and uh, yeah you can find on on my website the link to to book an appointment and um yeah that's that's the easiest way to to get in touch and otherwise calling or emailing yes soul whisperer dot
0: one one o-n-e yes exactly yes (laughs) good I think we're going to conclude the conversation here, Tatiana. It's been lovely to hear from you. Thank you for sharing your journey in turning something so deep and heavy into a healing journey for you, for, for many, as an option for healing journey. And uh, from Switzerland, the three of us would like to say thank you for listening. Hopefully, all of you get some ideas golden nuggets some some new ways of of, of healing your grief um and and um, and find peace in your heart if you are going through uh, such a journey at the moment and until then we'll see each other again soon bye okay. bye